Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the Find Your Light podcast, celebrating the work of Women Plus in theater. Friends, it has been over a year since our last podcast was published, and I have an apology and a confession to make to you today. I have been sitting on the conversation that you are about to hear for almost exactly a year. Uh, Today is July 18th. We had this conversation on July 16th last year, and I apologize for sitting on the amazing wisdom that you're about to hear for so long. But as you will hear at the very beginning of our conversation, I believe our guest understands what's happening. We talk a lot about time and the passage of time and how sort of nebulous it's been um, over the last couple of years. So with that in mind, please accept my apologies and allow me to introduce our guest for today. This is Ebony Madri. Ebony currently works for Bright Ideas CTS as a lighting designer and project manager. Before COVID, Ebony was overseeing the installation of audio, video, and lighting for corporate events, which is cool. Um, And she says that she's blessed to have made the shift to virtual and hybrid events with Bright Ideas. Ebony Madri is a graduate of University of California at Irvine, where I also went as for undergrad, but she has her MFA in lighting design from there, um, as well as a BFA in design from Texas Tech University. Importantly, Ebony understands that the representation of Black, Indigenous, and people of color is invaluable. Therefore, she loves to dedicate her energy and work to collaborate with artists, designers, and productions that feature and uplift those populations. In addition to her dedication to diverse projects, Ebony actively mentors other female BIPOC students, and she has several served on several diversity panels, including the Queer People of Color Festival at UC Irvine. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. Please enjoy, and as always, if you have questions or you know someone who would be a great guest, email me, podcast at emilystamets.com. Um, well, thank you so much for taking time today. It's taken us, we have uh, tried to start having this conversation like last October or something, and here we are, it's July, but like, what even is the world right now? So <laughs> totally. That's the weird, that's the like crazy thing is like, literally, like, I was like, okay, I really need to get back with Emily. And then it's just like, <laughs> what was time? Right. Like, we're already midway through this year like how is that even possible like so crazy I know it's like I have a thought like one day and then all of a sudden uh I sit down to send the email and it's been two weeks like how how does this happen yeah that's okay we're giving ourselves lots of grace because like you know the world is doing a lot of stuff right now (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and this I'm very excited this is actually my first podcast interview since um before the pandemic because I had actually like kind of put the podcast um, into hibernation for a bit. And mm-hmm. so which is totally like not related to the pandemic at all. Um, and so this is my first time back in over a year. So thank you. I'm so honored that you're here with me. Wow, thank you for being back. Yay. <laughs> of course. Yay. How exciting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. So let's go ahead and hop in. Can you please pronounce your name for me to make sure that I have it right? Absolutely. Uh, Ebony Madry. I'm here Ebony with Emily. <laughs> and I'm Emily Stamets. Um, and what are your pronouns, please? Uh, she, her, hers, they. I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm fluid in a sense, but she, hers generally 
where we end up landing. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. Thank you so much. Um, and I'm just going to start diving into these questions so we get to know each other a little bit. Um, yeah. First question, how did you get started in theater? Was there a moment that you like knew this was the thing? Yeah. So like I did, uh, I grew up in the South um, and uh, there was the church plays, right? Um, and I was always in like the church plays. I, um, and at one point I even like became like an assistant to the youth pastor and started doing like my own, um, like projects within the overall, um, uh, uh, like youth ministry and then got into high school, um, and started like playing with lights and enjoying the, like, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And, then went to college and was like, I'm not going to do theater. I'm going to be a doctor. And, um, you know, everyone in my family is in the medical industry. And, but then I stumbled into the theater and I liked it and I stayed and I uh, started doing lighting. And I honestly feel like I probably didn't really have the, like, aha, like I'm going to do this for my lifestyle um, until uh, I was working at Arkansas Rep. Like after I graduated undergrad, I did an apprenticeship at Arkansas Repertory Theater in Little Rock. And I was like, oh, wow, like I could like do this and like, you know, make a living and um, be creative. And, and so, yeah, it wasn't really until then that I thought like, oh, like I can't actually do this. Like I don't have to do something else. Awesome. Yeah. What kind of doctor did you want to be? Uh, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. So I oh. had, um, I had knee surgery very like young, like two knee surgeries. And um, so I was really into like bones and like cartilage and like I would go up to people and be like you want to hear my because I have a an implant in my knee I'm like you want to hear my knee like I'd be like put your hand here <laughs> you can like <laughs> hear it like when it's moving so I was super fascinated with with all of that yeah oh that's so cool that's like a such an intense like doctor road to go down to well, we're glad you're know, here. Yeah. <laughs> we're glad you ended up where you are. So, so let's go. You kind of did it. I'm um, taking us on the journey. So let's take a, a journey from that, um, your internship with Arkansas Rep to what you're doing today. What have you done in the in-between? What got you to what you're doing now? Yeah. So um, Arkansas Rep was um, in many ways, I would say like an extreme, it was, it was part of my foundation. Um you know, Texas Tech was was great and they gave me the vocabulary and tool set. Um, but Arkansas Repertory really kind of um, gave me my work ethic and I would say uh, or or um, enforced my work ethic. And um, I was at Arkansas Rep for a year. They offered me a second year, um, basically almost becoming like the assistant master electrician um, and I was like, okay, this is a really good opportunity, but they weren't quite going to pay what I wanted them to. So I reached out to my undergraduate mentor and I was like, hey, like I, I like the people. I love the space. I love, you know, what we're doing. Um, but I, you know, I feel like I should be making more. Um, you know, obviously you like me enough to keep me, 
So, you know, let's back it up with some uh, monetary structure. Um, and my undergraduate mentor was like, okay, he's like, how have you thought about grad school? And I kind of was like, I don't know that I want to go to grad school. Like, I don't know that I want to go in school again. I don't know that I can afford school. And he was like, well, I know UCI, UC Irvine, University of California, Irvine, they need one more student. They only take two uh, students a year to every discipline. He's like, they need one more student. And um, I just, you know, I ran into uh, the head of lighting at a conference. I connected with the head of the lighting department at UC Irvine, went out to visit, enjoyed it, um, got to see some theater, got to really connect with the students at the time. And, you know, they were honest. They told me like the good, the bad, the ugly. And um, so I ended up in grad school. Um, and it was, it was good. It was, I, I went into grad school thinking like, oh, I want to really hone my master electrician skills. And then that's when I, I started to discover like, no, like I am an artist, like I am uh, creative. So then did grad school, worked uh, a couple of interesting summer gigs. I was a lighting director um, at a music festival in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Probably don't know how I got that role. Who thought I was um, <laughs> competent enough to deal with or work with these touring LDs? You know, I'm working with Lyle Lovett and Brandy Carlisle and Michael Franti and, you know, um, the Wailing Sisters, it, it, you know, all these people that I'm like, I probably honestly shouldn't be in a room with you. I'm like barely <laughs> like 20. <laughs> um, so did that, really enjoyed that summer experience working in that music venue. And that kind of catalyst uh, was the catalyst for me wanting to get into live event and production design. Um, so after graduating UC Irvine, I ended up uh, connecting with a company here in Southern California called Bright Ideas. Um, and they were like, hey, um, we're actually, you know, I reached out, hey, here's my resume. Um, you know, if you guys are looking for electricians, LDs, programmers, hit me up. And they were like, actually, we're looking for project managers. I didn't know what that meant. No idea what that meant. And they were like, we're actually looking for project managers. You know, you come from UCI. I had worked a little bit with that company before. They're like, you might be a good fit for that. And so then I started project managing events, overseeing like lighting, audio, video, um, scenic, decor, um, per permitting. Um, it, so it was very drastically different from theater and lighting altogether, but it, it um, had the same basic vocabulary. So did that. Uh, and then during COVID, we became basically a TV and film studio. We started um, our clients that we were doing large events for. We started doing all of these like hybrid and virtual events. And, you know, we have now we have like a crap ton of these. We call them presenter kits. They're fancy laptops that we send out with camera kits and we mm -hmm. remote into those and we can do a whole bunch of cool stuff and recording with them or interesting uh, recordings. And so, yeah, that's. That's how my my journey from you know theater into 
a live production project management and like a so little little snippet. And it sounds like project yeah. management is uh, kind of more like technical direction than what I would think. Yes, of yeah, management. okay, to- totally. It, it, but it's 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 like technical direction, but also you're like the face for the client. Like mm. you know, think of the client as like your director producer. Um, and unlike theater, the client in my, um, that I generally work with, they're also the people that pay the bills, right? Whereas in theater, you know, the director isn't really the person that has the funds. Um, so, so they're always trying to get more money, but the producer, uh, for me, my clients, they're the ones that have, you know, the, the big bucks and it, um, it's, it's absolutely insane now, um, the way, um, money is used in like live production versus theater. Like it's so different. It's like, Oh, that's just, you know, 30,000. Okay, cool. Oh, it's a million. Okay, cool. And you're just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm like wait, no, let me no, see no, those numbers again. It was 30,000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're supposed to do this with like duct tape and shoestrings and a dream. Like you're just like, Oh no, go out, like build the things, like go forth. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh amazing like amazing but also I don't know there's like something about the limitations of a tighter budget that is also very engendering of creativity so I think that there's probably mm-hmm. benefits to both yeah no awesome. I definitely I could definitely say that like the like theatrical background helps in many ways I think in that budgetary sense of like how can I get the most for my client right and ultimately make them happy but also like, how do I still create an environment, right? Like everything is still like purposeful and mindful. I'm not just like, oh, just because, you know, you have a $300,000 budget. It's not like, all right, put everything in the room. It's like, no, it's still, it's still designed with purpose um, mm-hmm. and, and thought behind mm-hmm. it. Awesome. So what does yeah. a day look like? Give us a snapshot. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I know it's always um, a hard question because it's like days are different, uh, but. Oh. Um, okay, I'll talk about an event that like really rings true to my mind just because there were things that happened that I was like, oh, this is the event that's going to break me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, <laughs> a huge project um, out in Napa Valley. Um, it is a client's 50th birthday. And um, I forget who ends up being the headliner. It's a birthday party. There's a big headliner that comes to perform. Um, but we're building this tent structure in the middle. This this person owns a lot of property. We're building this huge structure, this tent structure, in the middle of this valley or field that they have on their property. Um, and it's two tents that are connecting. And then they want this, like, windy, you know, kind of walkway down to the concert tent. Um, well, uh, the trucks getting into the property could only be, like, 24 feet. So if you brought a semi in, you have to take everything out of the semi and like cross load it into another truck and drive it up this like little, you know, curvy Napa road. Um, so that day, uh, I would say we were there for about a week in Napa, two to three days to install. Um, the structure probably took about four days to build. So the structure started getting built. Then production came in and started, you know, adding lighting, audio, scenery, decor, all those things. So about three days, um, I would say the between those three days of install, we're probably working like 
12 to 14 hours, maybe 16 hours. And, oh, mind you, there's a fire happening, you know, kind of a couple miles up the street. So, like, you guys need to wear your N95s. And if it gets too bad, you know, by the state, then, you know, then we'll we'll call the event off. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> so we're uh, So we're installing, you know, doing 12-hour, 14-hour days. Uh, and then we have two or three nights of events. And then we have like 10 hours to take out, uh, like tear down or strike the production elements. And then the tinning company has like two days to tear their structure mm-hmm. down. So um, I would say that's a typical day. It's generally spent with me making a lot of phone calls, people in all areas of the venue radioing me or just shouting my name across the field because they have questions but I'm like talking to the clients. I'm like trying to talk to the client and smile. And these people are like, Ebony, Ebony. And I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like, one moment. <laughs> like, like, don't you see me talking to a client? Um, so it, it generally ends up being a lot more, um, I'm not really like lifting a wrench or lifting tools. I am like overseeing and kind of being the voice of reason. Uh, you know, if there's something that's like, hey, you know, we were trying to build it like this, but it's not going to fit. You know, I'm making the call or I'm like, oh, you know what? This is aesthetically different from what I promised the client. Let me go grab the client. Let me walk them through the space physically, all those types of things. So that's uh, that's kind of a typical day, week uh, show experience. Yeah. Do you feel like you're still able to practice that creative design work that you fell in love with in grad school? Yeah, I think so. I, mostly because um, Bright Ideas is an interesting entity in the sense that like all of the project managers have master's degrees from theatrical programs. Um, so like often as a project manager, I'm still designing the light plot. I might not program it, but I'm still like saying like, oh, you know, what can I put in the space? Interesting and cool. So for that project in particular, we had... Um, uh, we had a star, an LED star drape, and then in front of that, we had all of these different size um, uh, bulbs kind of like floating and cascading. So then that way we could kind of create the different layers between the bulbs and the star drape. Um, so yeah, still still being able to have some creative say. It is more challenging, though, I would say, than theater because the producers have a lot of visual say, whereas like I feel like a director is generally like, oh yeah, like okay, this looks greater. You know what? I kind of thought that they would be in the pool of light here or like, you know, let's make it blue. You know, there's, I feel like every once in a while, the directors will really get involved with like, um, you know, color wise, how something should feel. Whereas in live production, it's, it's a lot more particular because they have a vision or you're following a brand of a client. Like, you know, you're not using the Microsoft blue because this is a company that competes with Microsoft. You know, there's all of those types of little idiosyncrasies that you have yeah. to think about. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a vivid memory that you have of working in the theater? Yeah, um, I remember going up and like focusing my first like um, like uh, Fresnel, my first par, and uh, the Emmy slash designer at the time was like, Hey, like, have you done this before? And they're on the ground and I'm in the lift and I'm like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, up there, like, I haven't done it ever. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. And I'm up there and I'm like, 
They're like, hey, okay, let's take it this way. And I'm like, all right, I think if I do this, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's, I remember very much being like, no, I don't know how to do this, but I feel like I'm competent enough to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, probably not all that different from orthopedic surgery, I would imagine. Like, if you do yes, this with yeah, the bone, very... it'll do this, right? <laughs> it's the same, same thing. Right. Same exactly. thing. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No, I very much, that was like, I was in my first like lighting practicum and I remember like going up, they're like, hey, who's who's okay with heights? And I'm like, I'm good with heights. And I go up and yeah, I knew nothing what I was doing. At some point a while back, somebody had kind of showed me and I was like, oh, hopefully I can kind of remember that stuff. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's the worst that could happen, really? Hmm? Drop something on someone's head, maybe. But well, like, the chances of that. It has a safety cable on it. It's fine. Fine. <laughs> um, that might lead us into this next question. What skill or habit of mind has been most valuable to you as an artist or a craftsperson? Um, I honestly would say um, um, my, I would say like my personality, honestly, like <laughs> I try to, I tr- you know, I, I, I try to be mindful and purposeful. But also, like, let's have fun. Like, at the end of the day, like, we're creating a pretend world. We're creating an experience. Like, um, so I would say that and, like, my adaptability. Like, during the pandemic, I, because of what our company was shifting into, I became, like, a content creator, video editor. Like, like so, like, that willingness to be able to, like, teach myself on my own and just kind of like adapt and go with the flow and problem solve. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That actually, when you said like, we're creating a pretend world and, or an experience like that, I I literally just like my whole body took a giant breath at that. I was like, yes, that's exactly what's happening. Oh, that was really nice. Thank you for that moment. (laughs) If nothing else. (laughs) And I feel, I feel like it's like, you know, we're all, you know, creators, craft people, you know, who do I want to, I'm going to spend, you know, I know that we're getting rid of the 10 out of 12, but like, you know, I'm going to spend, you know, 10 to 16 hours with this person, possibly a day. Who do I want to go like, Hey, we got 15 minutes to go run and grab lunch and come back. Or, you know, who do I want to do that with? I want to do it with somebody that's not a jerk. Like I want to do it with somebody that's fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, um, like the whole, the whole thing is we're bringing tons of unique people together to create something together. And if you're coming in with anything other than just like yourself, right, your authentic, like unique and valuable who you were born to be, then you're not right. serving that. So right. Right. reminder yeah. to everybody, be yourself, especially yeah, as we're starting to so come back together again. Oh, thank goodness. Yes, absolutely. Um, what's a challenge that you're facing right now? My, I think my challenge is I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like, I, I feel like it's like, oh, do I want to be the lighting designer? Do I want to be the, the fancy TV and film programmer? Do I want to do festivals? Like, what, what brings me uh, the utmost joy? Because I feel like at the end of the day, we have to do the thing that brings us the most joy. Um, because if we don't, there's this 
there's this resentment. There's something about our aura that doesn't attract what we want. And so I feel like I, I'm struggling with, I, I like so many things that, that I'm struggling to really find what I want to be when I grow up. Mm, yes, that resonates a lot yeah. right now. I'm like literally in that exact same place myself where I'm like, yeah. I could do anything. And there's so many things that make me happy. So like what, how do you pick one? And, and I think the pandemic like really showed us that, right? I think it really showed us like, we don't have to do this thing that, you know, some people, you know, were, were kind of like pigeonholed into like a role or like, oh, I need to do this because like, this is what my family needs for us to be able to make ends meet or, you know, or survive. But it's like the pandemic really forced us to slow down and sit with ourselves and and think about like what we need to feel whole. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's something that I I think, especially now coming back, I think we're going to see like some people won't come back to the industry. Like some people just are like, nope, I'm happier away from entertainment. I'm happier away from theater. Like, you know, I think it's really going to show us. and it's going to force the industry to change and respect people's boundaries and time and energy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was something about the way that everything just really got interrupted. And, you know, like we live so much of our lives just like doing the next thing that comes along because that's kind of what we have to do without ever having the space to stop and think about it. But with that yeah. huge, just like everything had to stop for a while and we we got to finally have that space to think about it. It was a lot. And I think hopefully yeah. it, it will end up being a very healing thing for the world. Hopefully, like you said, mm-hmm. like hopefully the industry starts so. to treat people differently. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I will see. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. totally. Um, I'm also thinking of my, my husband worked at, um, he was a like assistant technical director and audio engineer at Uh, Disney for a long time and so a lot of our friends are still you know were employed at the parks until um, everything shut down and a lot of them have left and done different things while they were being furloughed and after they got laid off yeah and and we're really sort of like we don't know who all is gonna want to come back Um, because some of them have found things that they like better like a lot of people started their own businesses and it's been really interesting to see yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good luck, Disney. Rehiring all yes. the, the, the talent that you lost. <laughs> Seriously. Well, that was the thing that was so interesting to me is I was like, you mean to tell me this like billion dollar company is going to let go of like these creatives? Like, mm-hmm. like there are things that these people could be doing, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting. And now it's like, well, now you're going to be rehiring and now you're going to be training people because you lost your foundation. Yep, absolutely. All of yeah. that longevity is gone. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure that they made the best decisions that they knew how to make for their organization. And uh, mm-hmm. then all of the individuals got to make the best choices that they knew how to mm-hmm. make for themselves. Exactly. So hopefully exactly. it all ends up uh, <laughs> a plus. On the plus yeah, side, not the negative so, side. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, what is the most important lesson that theater has taught you? Um, I think, oh man, that's a hard one. Okay, <laughs> the most important lesson. If I was just going to ask easy questions, it wouldn't even be worth it. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the most important is um being like an artist in the room, being able to speak to multiple things and not just speaking to lighting, right? Like how how do I as a lighting designer talk about scenic elements because those scenic elements are going to affect my world, right? Like I think collaboration and openness um, in, in, in being able to receive what people are saying. And in, in, even though some people can come from like a harsh place, trying to understand like where their response comes from. So I think, I think ultimately the like openness to be an artist in the room and collaborate. Mm, I like that phrase, being an artist in the room. Mm. What's something that you do in your theatrical work? Or like, we're going to take everything that you do with the live events as well. Um, something that you do in your work that if we applied it to our lives, it would help us to live a better life. Um, oh, man, that's so hard. Um, um, okay, I actually started putting everything in my calendar, like maybe just super recently during the pandemic, like personal stuff. Um, like breaks, like reminders to like take, you know, you need 15 minutes, you know, like, okay, maybe you can't take the 15 minutes when you scheduled it, um, but you need to take it. So I think um, the scheduling is what uh, is, is a skill that I think scheduling time for yourself, scheduling time to kind of like rejuvenate yourself and avoid burnout. Um yeah, I think those things, if we if we took a little bit more time looking at the overall picture, I think that would help us. That's very project manager-y of you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I just, just, just write it down. Just, Put it on the calendar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, definitely. And it's even gotten to the point where uh like my girlfriend, she knows, she's like, or or I'll be like, oh crap, I forgot about this thing. She's like, oh, because you didn't put it in your calendar. Because I wake up every morning and I look at the calendar, like even like personal things, like she'll be like, okay, what do we need to do this weekend? And I'm like, oh, nothing. She never believes me because like I do too many things all the time. And then I'm like, hey, uh, I forgot that I have this meeting. She's like on Sunday at noon. I'm like, yeah, that's when I told them I was available. So <laughs> I forgot about my calendar and now we're doing it. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. What's an example of something unusual that you have scheduled for yourself in your calendar? Um, I would say, um, my like meditations, um, just like telling myself, like get some air. It's kind of how I try to put it in my, in my, uh, in my phone, or even sometimes like you have to like eat away from your desk today. Like you cannot eat at your desk today. <laughs> yeah. So do you, yeah. I'm like, I'm so interested in the logistics of this. Do you schedule that out? like the week in advance or do you do it the morning of or how do those things end up on your calendar? Um, I, I generally try to do it like the Sunday before the week. So like okay. Sunday, um, my girlfriend and I will check in and um, because my schedule's crazy, she'll be like, what do you have this week? And I'll like open up my calendar and I'll like, but you know, my calendar's on my phone, it's on my iPad. Um, so everything kind of talks to each other and I'm just literally just going through and I'm like, oh, I forgot about this thing or she's better about it because she's listened to so many of my conversations. She's like, hey, you said you were going to meet with so-and-so and I didn't hear you mention that. I'm like, oh yeah, you're good. Yeah. 
Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I generally do it like the Sunday before. Um, I try to kind of look and see, um, you know, when when do I think I can take lunch? Just because it's different every day. I have I have a lot of clients that are on the East Coast, a lot of clients that are in uh, Asia Pacific time zone. So it like my schedule gets like super, super funky. Um, so I'm doing that. I also started, um, something I wasn't doing before is I was putting like meetings, like back to back to back to back. And I was like, I'm going to put 15 minutes in between each meeting. Like just like, oh, my last meeting ended at this time. Okay. At at minimum, I need 15 minutes before my next meeting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Take a breath. Go pee. Yes. Yeah. That is so important. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's really helpful to hear. That's a fantastic life tip. Um, Oh my gosh, this is the last question. Well, the second to last question. Okay. Are you ready? (laughs) This is your chance to plant a seed in the hearts, minds, or spirits of all of the folks who are listening to this. What do you want to put there that could possibly grow? Oh man. I, um, I'm a very, um, like spiritual person. I would say not necessarily, uh, religious you know I mean I grew up in the church but I think thinking of um of growth I think of how we can give more um love and and light and nurture the things that we uh we enjoy doing so again I think just to reiterate on like you have to do the thing that makes you happy that can be multiple things but I I think we have to sit with ourselves and, and reflect on what brings us joy and, um, and, and finding those things because doing those things are what's going to kind of refill your cup. So, um, so sit with yourself and, and find the things that make you happy and bring you the utmost joy. If you get the utmost joy from taking your cat on a walk, then take your cat on a walk like every day. Like, please, like, I want to see that cat in a little cat harness, like, walking down the street, you know, like, we have to do those things. We just, and and especially now, I think, like, more than ever. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Really good reminder. All right, Ebony, if anyone wants to contact you, hire you, learn more about what you do, what is a great way for them to find you? Um, so you can email me at, um, I'm going to give you the one I check more often. It's my corporate one, but it's my name. So E-B-O-N-Y at B-I-C-T-S. So Ebony at Bright Ideas, Complete Technical Solutions. So B-I-T-C-S. Um, or you can follow me on the Instagrams um, at Eb Madry or Facebook. Um, it's just my name, Ebony Madry. Uh, but yeah, no, I would definitely be totally down to, to connect with folks and, and Chad. And, um, I'm also part of a, a organization, um, called, uh, well, it was formerly called WIT. We recently changed yeah, the name it's, of it's it. It's now, um, underrepresentative, underrepresented. In, yeah. Genders and mm-hmm. underrepresented genders in yeah. professional theater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, a fantastic yeah. Group. So yeah. yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm part of, I'm part, I'm part of that as, a, as a mod. Uh, my friend. Are you? Oh my gosh, awesome. That. Yeah, my friend actually started that group. Like, it was so crazy. She was just like, "We don't have. Why isn't there a group for us on Facebook?" Yeah. And so she just yeah. like 
started and then like overnight we were just starting it as like a friend group and then overnight it really like blew up so that's a great way as well to connect um and and uplift each other so So to really clarify that it's a facebook group that used to be called women plus in theater and is now called underrepresented underrepresented genders in professional theater Mm -hmm. um and it is a phenomenal Mm -hmm. resource it's a huge community of people working in theater in all different um, modalities. And I know that I am there. I haven't been on Facebook in forever because it kind of drives me crazy. But um, yeah. when I am on Facebook, it's one of the first things I check and it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So great. Yeah. Really positive and supportive. I love it. And really good thought provoking yeah. conversations happening there too. So thank you mm-hmm. so much for the work you do moderating that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I've actually like probably connected with you through there and like it didn't even put it together that that was the same person. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I take a break from it too. Um, so we have a couple of other mods in as well or admins in. So yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for that work. That's incredible. So if you're listening, you probably should like hop in and take a look at what's happening in that, in that group mm-hmm. as well. All right. Ebony, that's it. That's all of my questions. That was so efficient. Nice job. Love that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was oh such a, gosh, so it was a joy fun. to talk to you and to get to know you a little bit. Thank you so much. Yes. 